Environment Matters, sponsored by Wuka Period Pants, the reusable menstrual underwear that completely replaces disposables. Find out more at wuka.co.uk and join the revolution. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, it's sad to see any river drying up and leaving its wildlife homeless, but it's particularly sad when it's a chalk stream river like the Vare. There are only 210 chalk stream rivers in the entire world. 85% of them are found here in the south of England and, as was noted during last week's House of Commons debate on the degraded chalk stream environments, these global gems are being abstracted to death. That is, so much of the water for our taps is being pumped out of the aquifers that feed rivers like the Vare that the rivers themselves are running dry. Affinity Water supplies us with water here in St Albans and I spoke to Jake Rigg, Director of Communities for Affinity Water, to ask what they're doing to protect the River Vare and other chalk streams. Jake, thank you for joining me. Now, water companies have the power to declare a hose pipe ban if there's a, a serious shortage of water. Now, we've had three dry winters. Aquifer levels are about seven and a half metres below normal and falling. And the river there is so low that brown trout are stranded and dying. So isn't that a serious shortage of water? Why no hose pipe ban? Sure. So let me first start by saying, you know, the, the, the environmental impacts of the of, of, of the drought, the drought that we're in, are really, really important. And they're really important to me personally as well. I very much come from an environmentalist background. The, the reason why we haven't um, uh, imposed restrictions um, to date is, 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 is quite clear. I mean, we, we, we have to um, look at the impact on actual water supply um, and we're not allowed to uh, look at in, uh, the environmental impact. Um, and at the moment, uh, the impact of the drought on water supply is, isn't that yet there. Um, so, you know, our water supply is obviously a really important priority, the top priority for us. Um, and, and, and the impact isn't there because we can move water around our area. We've invested very heavily over the, the last, um, well, last decade or so in, in making sure that we can move water around our area, including in and out of St. Albans, to make sure that, that, that people have the water that they need to use and drink in, in their daily lives. But, Jake, if, if, I was going to say, if you, but if you can do that, why have you let aquifer levels drop so low that they've had such an impact on the Vare? So we, I mean, so, so, so we can do that to an extent. We can't do that to an absolute extent. We're looking at investing in new assets so that we can do that to a greater extent, things like new reservoirs, quite a, a long, long way away from St. Albans. Um, so we are looking at those things. Um, um, but, um, but we also do do that in terms of reducing the impact as insofar as we can in the River Verse. So since the 1990s, We've actually reduced abstraction on the River Ver sit by um, approximately 40%, and we're looking to do more than that. So in, in the next few years, we're looking, we, we will be reducing our abstraction in total by 60%. So there'll be 60% less water coming out of the aquifer in, in the Ver catchment um, 
than there was in the 1990s. So our abstraction from, from, from the area is going down, not up, even though demand is actually going up and going up significantly. St. Albans, you may or may not be aware, is, is one of the highest water-using towns per person in the whole of the United Kingdom. Indeed. Which is something that we really, really need to change and that we've been working on. Last Only um, six weeks ago, I think it was roughly, we, we, we actually um, launched a, an eight-tonne block of ice. Um, I actually did interviews with your colleagues mm. on, on Radio Verulam about it, just to highlight how much water families were using, people were using, um, and, and indeed um, uh, how we can actually reduce that. And in particular, we really want people to get behind our campaign, Why Not Water, hashtag Why Not Water, which is very much around persuading the government to introduce something called mandatory water efficiency labelling. And typically it sounds really, really boring, but actually I get really, really passionate about it. So when you buy a fridge or a freezer or any um, major electrical appliance or indeed a new house, you will get an energy rating on that. So it will tell you how energy efficient it is. Um, yet you can create new energy. You know, you can have new renewable, um, you can have a solar farm, you can have all, all sorts of new renewables and create new energy. We can't create new water. We have to bring it in from further and further away, yet we don't have water efficiency labelling, but we do have energy efficiency labelling. Hence why we're calling it Why Not Water, so trying to get people to get behind it, to persuade the government that actually water should just be at least brought in line with other sectors like energy, so that people, consumers, are aware of what water they're using. Um, Yes. When they're buying new devices. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. That sounds like a great thing to do. So as part of the Sustainability Festival, which is at the start of which you had your ice block thing, I ran a, a pub quiz. And one of my questions was about the River Fair, about um, what a chalk stream is, where water comes from. It was very clear that even those that group of relatively environmentally informed people they don't know what a chalk stream is. They don't know where their water comes from. So they don't understand that what's coming out of their taps is effectively depriving a rare chalk stream of its lifeblood. And I've looked on your Facebook page and your website. I can't find anything that's informing people about this. Why aren't you communicating that message? So I'm, I'm not going to try and defend all of our work, um, but I think we've been doing a lot of um, uh, we've been doing a lot of work. Do I want to ramp it up in terms of communicating more? Absolutely. Which is, you know, I'm fairly new in post, um, and we've got a whole new uh, leadership team at Affinity Water, uh, executive management team, and a lot of new senior management who are really much more um, trying to get that message out there. We've been doing a lot of stuff for years. We have an education centre, for example, over um, in Bushy, which talks to 16,000 school children a year. And, and has been doing for the last few years. Um, really, really important. I mean, personally, I mean, I, I think I'm probably, although I don't want to do a disservice to any of directors of other water companies, I suspect I'm the only millennial who is a director of a water company. Um, but um, I, I find the Extinction Rebellion and, and the Greta Thunberg's campaign in particular really, really inspiring. I've been, I've been working in sustainability and climate change for my entire career for about 15 years, um, straight out of university. And... Um, I think this is the first time we're actually really starting to reach a bit of a head on a lot of these issues um, where people are starting to really, really wake up to it. I think there are probably a lot of people like yourself, Amanda, who've been campaigning on this kind of stuff for quite a while. And as you say, awareness is low. Um, 
do I think that we could do more? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's very much why we're doing a lot of interviews like like this one to try and really spread that message. So so I, I'm in agreement with you. Okay. We do do some things, but we could do more. Absolutely. Okay. So you've made it clear your message is about us using less water. But Affinity has missed its leaks target for the past two years. And this month was penalised £8 million by off what? I mean, leaks waste a huge amount of water. How can customers take your request for them to save water seriously when they see this? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a real difficult one to square. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree with you really passionate to do more and more and more about leakage we've got to really hammer down on that so we're already doing a huge amount of work i was i was only um on friday at uh one of our facilities in essendon just up the road i'm talking with our teams um who are doing this looking at investing in new innovation bringing things over from overseas from holland from singapore from various different countries where we're really looking at the best and best practice in the world and adapting it for local circumstances. So new technology, get our processes better and more efficient so that we can do new things, bring in drones, um, sensor technology, kind of leak logging. Um, we've got to pull out all of the stops. That is going to take some time. Um, we have, um, at the moment, one of the most stretching commitment, well, the most stretching commitment in the entire industry of uh, reducing uh, leakage. We're looking to reduce that even more heavily in the next, in the next five-year period. We, we, we get regulated in these funny five-year periods, um, which, is, which is why we talk about that kind of time frame. And beyond that, we want to be hitting um, 50% um, reduction, which actually would take us to world-leading low levels of leakage. So we'd be reducing leakage to, to being amongst the best in the world. Um, and, and so that's really our ambition. I do, I, and, and I agree. I think you know, our customers should be able to expect that of us and all the water companies in the UK. Um, as I say, that takes time. I think we are, our network is uh, nearly 17,000 kilometers long. Um, and that's about a, a thousand kilometers, uh, sorry, a, 10 kilometers per person within this company. So we're, we've got to do more, but we've got to do it much smarter um, using artificial intelligence, using sensor technology, really pulling out all of the stops. And a lot of the reason why we couldn't do that in previous, you know, previous decades, because people do ask me that quite a lot, um, is because some of that technology just simply didn't exist and certainly didn't exist at the, uh, the, uh, the kind of cost that it exists now. And um, we're, so we really are pulling out all the stops, bringing out bringing in new technology okay. and, and investing in that. Right, so something else for the future, obviously not really helping the river there now. Um, I mean, something else that is going to happen in the future is continued climate change, more prolonged droughts, and also the number of people who you're serving over the next 20 years set to rise from 3.6 million to 4.5 million. Now, you mentioned new reservoirs obviously something like that takes a huge amount of planning and time what are your plans as far as that goes Mm. so we're currently looking at a number of different major options so as you say we've got a real challenge we've got climate change um as society we've got um increased demand net even even if each individual uses less water you know with the higher population that's projected in this area we will we will will have more demand for water um, overall, um, so we have to obviously we have to look at new supply options, and um, we're looking at a whole range of new supply options in a lot of detail. And the two in particular that I'd highlight um, are, but but there are a number of others, um, are building a new reservoir um, 
uh, in partnership potentially with um, Thames Water. We're, we're certainly investigating that with Thames Water. That would be out in Oxfordshire. Um, we're looking at, there's another reservoir um, in uh, sort of South Lincolnshire that is being looked at and in detail. And we're also looking at a major import potentially along the Grand Union Canal. So getting water from the Birmingham region and bringing it down the Grand Union Canal into Hertfordshire to allow us to have more water in this area. So we're looking the, at all of those things. And what's the, what's the time scale for, for those? When, when could we expect any of those to come online? So the um, different options take different amount of time. Um, so we we are looking um, effectively in uh, the the next at the end of the next decade, but certainly by by the late 2030s, um, because it takes time to build a reservoir. It takes a huge yes. amount of time, quite rightly, to to plan for those things in terms of the planning system, land use. You know, these are controversial subjects. Yeah. Um, that, that are difficult. So, so we're building in realistic timeframes for those um, to do that. Um, we're also looking, I mean, we already import quite a significant chunk of water into our area. Um, we live in a really dry, water-stressed area. I myself, um, at Easter time, went to the Lake District, and it, of course it, it, it rained for a week, came back um, to, to Buckinghamshire, and Hertfordshire and realised quite how dry the fields were. You know, you really got a palpable sense of the drought. Um, so we're looking, to, we're bringing in more water already and more sooner than, than, than that time period. We're actually building, we're proposing to build a new treatment works in the northern end of our patch near Luton to then be able to bring more water in from a reservoir in a place called Grafham, um, uh, which is owned by Anglian Water, but we already use a lot of water from that reservoir. And we're looking to bring in more water from further afield anyway, without building new sort of reservoirs and things, but we would still have to build new infrastructure and invest in new infrastructure. So that's, that's one of the things we're doing in a, in a shorter-term sense. I should say, if people are supportive of these options because of their environmental concern and justifiable environmental concern around things like the, around the River Fur, um, a concern I very much share, um, then it's incredibly helpful if people can contribute to consultations, um, both our own consultations, but also by writing to their MP, writing to the new Secretary of State um, for DEFRA um, and expressing those concerns and saying that they want to make sure that things like reservoirs and the Grand Union Canal options are really, really looked at and studied and, and, and supported. Okay, that sounds like a good message and we look forward to hopefully seeing a little bit more water available for chalk streams like the there. Jake, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And to find out more about the state of the River Vare and the campaign to help it, take a look at the Vare Valley Society's website and follow them on social media. They're doing some fantastic work. And do take a look at your own water use, the water that comes out of your tap could be in the internationally important River Vare. And for tips on water saving, do take a look at Affinity Water's website, where you'll also be able to order free water saving devices and buy a water butt at a discounted price with free delivery. Well, water related, local hedgehog rescuers have noticed a number of hedgehogs getting into trouble when they're unable to get out of ponds and even getting stuck down pipes in their search for water. Now, whilst the weather's a bit cooler than it was last week, still warm and hedgehogs get thirsty just the same as us. Now, ponds, they really are brilliant as a place for wildlife to drink but do make sure there's an easy way for animals like hedgehogs to get out and if you don't have a pond then just put out a dish of water for hedgehogs and other wildlife it will be really much appreciated um just a quick heads up book it now wednesday the 28th of august two till four 
Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust are holding a family smartphone safari in Verulamium Park. You can learn how to use your smartphone to take stunning wildlife photographs with professional photographer Jeanette. Um, she says if you own a smartphone, then you own a camera. And if you own a camera, you've got the ability to take some amazing photos. You'll be starting in the Trust Wildlife Garden, then taking a stroll through Verulamium Park, learning how to take photos as you go, trying a variety of lenses, and finish by learning how to get the best from the free apps available to improve your images. Now, it's £15 per person or £50 for a family of up to three kids, and you can book that on the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website. Now, if you tuned in this week to hear what Fleetville and Gardenfield schools are doing to make their schools more sustainable as part of the St Albans Sustainable Schools um, campaign, then apologies that I didn't have space for them in this programme, but rest assured, listen in next week to hear from those fantastic young people. I'll be back at the same time next week. We're going to be hearing from those lovely people. In the meantime, take care of your water and tune in next week. Thank you for listening. Environment Matters, sponsored by Wuka Period Pants, the reusable menstrual underwear that completely replaces disposables. Find out more at wuka.co.uk and join the revolution.